Welcome back to He's on Fire podcast. You know, we're just going to bring in the whole crew right away with this one. I just kind of want to go through the state of Arizona sports. All the big sports teams. I mean, a lot has happened the last few months. I mean, since COVID, seems like it's been a blessing for the Arizona sports markets. And I just want to kind of roll through it. I mean, the Merc did good tonight. The Cardinals are 5-0. and Suns coming off their championship run. And we're just going to talk some sports, man. And we're going to have some fun tonight. Roy, what's going on? Thank you for uh, chiming in already, my guy. So, yeah, without further ado, guys, you ready to get into it? Let's do it. Let's do it. Absolutely. Of course, we got to bring in the awesome, awesome intro that I just love, and it gets me fired up. I hope everybody enjoyed the Mercury game tonight. I hope everybody enjoyed beating San Francisco and the Bay Area teams. Big games this weekend. We'll talk about it. He's on fire. Early go. As I said, it's been kind of nice since COVID started for the Arizona sports teams. And and maybe that's what it needed. Just what are your initial thoughts when I tell you that, that since COVID started, it's been great for Arizona sports? Amit, is that accurate to you? I think it was a great sort of restart for the Suns. Um, you know, I think the Cardinals, we, we kind of knew the trajectory was kind of changing with Kyler and Cliff and, and the whole squad. Um, I mean, the Diamondbacks are stuck in, you know, wherever they are, but, um, you can't be right all the time with everything. Right. (laughs) But yeah, over, overall, I think, you know, for definitely for, for us as, as Valley fans, uh, this is, this is a good time. Jay, what do you think? Uh, yeah, ever since COVID, uh, just Arizona's teams have been popping like, uh, that, that five month break, uh, in the middle of the NBA season, I think. Uh, the Suns really benefited uh, off that, uh, you know, just being young and stuff, uh, you know, uh, just basically everything that Ahmed said, you know, like ever since COVID hit, Arizona sports has just been popping. Uh, Diamondbacks were a little good before COVID, but whatever. I, I don't know the status of the Coyotes. and But main sports, uh, I'm like, I'm more than pleased. Yeah, absolutely. You can't get any more uh... – you can't be any more happy with where things have gone and the trajectory as Amit talks about. Uh, you guys, thank you for coming in. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for watching. I hope that everybody watching enjoys our podcast today. Please go ahead and subscribe, share this out, listen on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, all that fun stuff. Um, I want to talk about the Phoenix Suns to start with. I thought it was very interesting today that we beat the Blazers by 40 plus given it's only preseason. 
And just a few seasons ago, I remember, I remember only being able to get excited on draft night and opening night, thinking maybe this is that weird team that starts it all off. And it was in 2017, if I'm not mistaken, I went out to Buffalo Wild Wings. That's where my friends wanted to go who weren't huge basketball fans. They went out there and I joined them. I turned the game on. I had my son's gear for the first time in like eight months that I actually rocked it. And we lost by like 40 plus. And then, you know, you come into tonight and again, only preseason. And it almost feels like we were full circle in a way. Not really, but in a way, it can kind of feel like that. And the Suns trajectory has just been incredible since the bubble. And nobody can take that away from them. No injuries, no whatever, right? But how soon, Jay, do you think we can win a championship? Can we win this year? Are we two years away? Three, four years? Jay, what do you think? I'm drinking like gallons of Kool-Aid right now. Like uh, this could be the Suns year. Uh, Like I said, a couple podcasts before, uh, like if we had JaVale and Shaman last year, I feel like we would have won it. I think it's anybody's game right now. Uh, The Lakers, you know, it's going to take a while for them to click. Uh, Jamal Murray's still not back yet. Uh, like Utah's Utah, like, and then the Nets have all this drama going on right now. Uh, the Bucks are just whatever right now. So I like, I, I think we can really win it this year. I'm not really scared of any team. Uh, like mm-hmm. even Kawhi, he's probably not going to be back this year. So I got to admit, I'm a little bit afraid of the Bulls from the things that I've been seeing with them in preseason, not trying to overreact. Yeah. I'm just saying, I'm just saying they look nice and you need the, to keep an eye out for them. Nice, in the East. They, they look nice right now. Amit, Phoenix Suns trajectory. Is it winter bust this year? Are we another player or two away in your mind? Two or three years away? What do you think? No, this is the year. Um, we're we're in a we're in a point where we're in a very we're in a locked in with the Bucks right now. So we're in a point where we're gonna be in battles with them. Um, because they're the only teams that have really had the same continuity from last season, and that's championship level continuity. If you look at everybody else. No one has the only team you can compare is maybe Utah, which they made some they made some adjustments around on the edges of their team, but they didn't make any differences to like the core or upgrading anything in particular. So I you know, and then in the east, I mean, you know, there's some things, the Bulls, yeah, but but none of those players are actually have any winning pedigree in terms of you know, Correct. maybe do, right. Correct. So never so done we it before. See that gel together in the playoffs. And usually you don't do it in your first year. Usually right. you see it come together after that year well we're in that year now we're in that year we went to the finals we shouldn't have been there or you know because of injuries they say so now so now we've got that team together um we've upgraded it the players on that team are more solidified in their roles than they've ever been if you watch the preseason they're in cruise control like it's just it reminds me in like april may last year in the regular season where we would just like stomp people and you just knew what was going to happen and that's what they're doing the regular season the difference is, is that the, well, Landry Shamit is a massive upgrade over Javon Carter. Um, and he's got that playmaking ability, which Javon Carter never had a, the ability to playmake. Um, so that's a new thing. And then Mikhail and Cam are just better this year off the dribble. So that is, that is definitely something we need to keep our eyes on with what they can do. Um, obviously the big thing lingering the elf in the room is the extensions and, um, but that's you know that's outside of what this team can do. What this team can do this season with who they have, this is this championship or bust. 
Yeah, and I want to hit the extension talk real quick. You know, everybody's comparing it to Joe Johnson. Like, I can't compare it to Joe Johnson. Joe Johnson ended up getting the type of deal that he wanted overall when he went to Atlanta. But to stay with the Suns, he wanted like four years, 32 mil. Like, this is a completely different type of contract. You know what I'm saying? He wasn't he wasn't Marion at the time. He wasn't Stat. He wasn't Steve Nash. You know what I mean? He was that backup point guard when Nash would go out. He was the first dude that would get subbed out for Barbosa. It, it's just completely, completely different. And everything that I want to believe about Sarver that is changing kind of leads down to this. Because even Sarver said not signing Joe Johnson was one of his biggest mistakes he's ever made. So then, you know, you see TMZ coming out and Aiton and Sarver are actually talking and meeting, which a lot of people were like, oh, they're not even talking and blah, blah, blah. Like, dude, we don't even know what's going on. I do know yeah, that, that that whole TNT thing was was out of control because they're like, oh, this has been a like an like a this is a, a messy contract thing, and it's like it actually is hasn't been at all because we don't know the details. All we're hearing is that the, he hasn't signed yet, and there's still five days. And all that DeAndre Aiden said is that he's disappointed that the deal hasn't been done. Well, yeah, that's everybody's disappointed that the deal's not done. I'm sure Sarver's disappointed that the deal's not done. You know, I don't think that's like you know these angry words or these frustrated words. I think. We still got five days to figure it out. And if it doesn't happen, as you mentioned, Coach, we still got the whole season. Um, and and at the end of the season, if he signs somewhere as a restricted free agent, we have the ability to match it. So, you know, it is what it is. Exactly. I think he's going to be here for a long time. Flex said it. Sweet. As I said, whenever Flex says something, dude, like, it, it you know, write it down in ink and, and that's going to be the word. Uh, g- real quick, getting kind of back to what you guys have already talked about, this being the year, I I feel it. I feel like a lot of things are in our favor. The teams that worried me in the West were the Lakers, mostly because of the sexy names and the NBA's agenda, which is a very real thing. Mm-hmm. And they just, I just don't know how that's going to work, dude. I just don't know how that's going to work. I think they're going to be on Shacked in a Fool every night. And we could be wrong. Anthony Davis could come back and be that dude. And LeBron could be that dude. But now he's another year older, right? Just a lot of weird things are playing in our favor, including Kyrie. Now, with that being said, with the Kyrie situation on the net side, dude, if he comes back and the mandate is lifted or he gets the vaccine, which if anybody's seen his IG post today, that's probably not going to happen. But I mean, if he does, that's kind of like the cherry on the top there for that team. And then I could see that team just clicking and rolling just exclusively because of the talent. I'm still worried about Milwaukee because now I'm seeing Giannis pull up from the mid range (laughs) from the elbow and hitting it just like what he did to us. He was hitting all this, this ridiculous shit that he'd never hit before, but now it looks like he's practiced a few of those things and, and he looks good. I'm worried about them in the West. I'm honestly not worried about anybody, man. I'm worried about Milwaukee and I'm worried about, uh, the Nets, excuse me. So I feel like we got JaVale McGee to com- combat that. I feel like we got Landry Shamit to combat that as well, too. Just extra ball handling and playmaking on the outside. You, we've all seen what JaVale McGee can do. It was no surprise to me. It's really funny seeing all these Suns fans going out be like, wow, look what JaVale do. Oh, he's bringing this. He's bringing that. And I'm just kind of like, well, yeah, that's that's like exactly who he is and who, he's, who he has been. And I was able to envision this right when we signed him, I thought it was the perfect signing. So I really feel like it's this year. We 
we know how to win now. We didn't know how to win going into last yep. year. You know what I mean? Yep. Mm-hmm. And now it just looks like it's same old, same old. They understand the value of the game. They understand the value of the possessions. They understand how to play team defense. They understand the rotations. They yeah. understand everything, and they have the mindset to go with it. And if we lose a game here, they're, they're not going to worry about it because this team's proven when they do lose a game, they're going to come back and get a W the next game. Granted, in the finals is a different story, but that's the finals, playoff series, different type of basketball. You're not going to play the Hornets one night and then play the Magic the next night, right? So they know how to win. That is like ingrained in their DNA. And I said, I think this team is a 54 win team just based on teams gunning for them and things along that line. And maybe we rest Chris Paul here or there, but I really want to push that 60 win threshold. I would love to, but at the same time, I don't want to be pedal to the metal the whole time because I'm worried about the playoffs. Uh, Jay, you said you think it's this year too. The additions that we made, everything that I said, uh, uh, respond with some sun's takes, like just take the floor, man. Uh, so, uh, I've, uh, watched a little bit of the preseason stuff and the fact that we're blowing out teams like, like 30 plus in the last, you know, four, uh, preseason games is a good sign. Uh, like JaVale looks good. Shaman's shooting is like his, his jumper got a little bit better. Like, uh, uh, he used to be kind of sloppy when he plants his feet, but like, uh, he's, uh, like he has a good stroke and a good, uh, fee placement and stuff, but uh, yeah, l- like you said, uh, I'm not intimidated by any team really in, in the West. Uh, but with the Nets situation, it's a little weird because the Kyrie situation, if this is equivalent to having like a season ending I- injury, if you want to think about uh, think about it that way, you could put uh, it that way. Sure, I see that. Yeah, so there's kind of no room for error with KD and Harden. But what's weird about that Nets team is that they don't really have a good supporting cast. So it's either they're going to get gassed early or start picking up the pace after Christmas. Uh, But uh, like, yeah, just like how you said, I'm not like really intimidated. Like I used to be, I used to hate going against the Clippers. I used to like, yeah, Clippers, like, hate, Lakers, hate Spurs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I'm uh, like, I'm feeling real good about this season, especially if everybody stays healthy. And if we don't get the signing done within five days, cool. And if DeAndre has another season to prove like, like what he can do, this could be like his like, give me the fucking max here, and like just go absolutely insane. So. I do want to I, I do want to school you a little bit on the Brooklyn Nets roster. I do think they actually have uh, a pretty good roster top to I think it's a little bit better than last year. You know, LaMarcus Aldridge is apparently healthy and he's going to be playing. Uh, let me get rid of that so I don't hide Amit's face. Um, and then you've got uh, obviously Javon Carter, Nicholas Claxton, Katie, obviously Blake Griffin. He did a couple more things last year than a lot of people thought, obviously. Kyrie, Mike James is back, LOL, Joe Harris we know about, James Johnson. Y'all know who James Johnson is and what he did to DeAndre Ayton uh, when he was with the Mavs. So they got a little bit of, little bit of fight in them. Tyler Johnson, Patty Mills, Paul Millsap. Oh, yeah, Mills. So, I mean, they do have some things there. Yeah, think, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, yeah, I but when you think it's a little bit they, better. They changed, like, the middle portion of the rotation again. 
And so now they yeah. have to figure out how to play together, you know? Yeah. And then if Kyrie's not playing, it's a whole, like, it's all almost like a, they're going to be a working progress the entire season. I and, mean, is you're, you're right. But it, who's the starting point guard now? Is it Patty Mills? It's not Javon Carter, right? Yeah. Uh, yes. James. Yeah. I mean, the, the only thing that scares me about that team is Kevin Durant. Cause like, well, yeah, because For you sure. put any guys around that dude at this point in his career, he's like, he can just destroy anybody. Like we saw it in the Olympics. Like you just put other four guys around him and he'll figure a way to figure out a way to win the game. So in that sense, yes, like they do have a better roster, but then you know that there's always injuries and you, I, I just, their team is just, I think they're not as deep as we think because they're relying on some guys that have big names, but that aren't necessarily like consistent with injuries. Right. So seeing Blake Riff, Blake Griffin play an entire season as a role player is different than seeing him come in at the buyout time and put in good numbers in the playoffs. You know, it's a different thing. So, right. um, so we have to see how that plays out. And who knows what the buyout market's going to be? Who knows what the trade deadline's going to be? Exactly. I would expect the Suns to be buyers, <laughs> you know, yeah. unless something terrible, you know, happens. You would expect them to be buyers. You expect the Nets to be buyers, the Lakers, you know, the same old, same old team. So we're all in agreement here that the Phoenix Suns, like this really could be the year. And yeah. I haven't felt confident about that since, shoot, I don't even know if I was confident back in 2007, 8, and 9. I wasn't confident in 04 when we first did it. I didn't think we were going to go into the season and be that good. Oh. Amari's out the next year, you know, and then we trade Shaq for Marion at the at the deadline, and we're the eighth seed, and we lose. So I haven't been, like, confident in a while, and I'm feeling really good about it. And I don't feel cocky about it either. I feel comfortable. Does that make sense? No, it does. It does, because I talk to Lakers fans – and I'm just they, they, they're not understanding like what they saw. But I'm just like, look, man, like they're like, we have a good team. We have Kendrick Nunn. And I'm like, OK, Kendrick <laughs> Nunn. nobody wanted that guy. You have Lamar Odom or not. Sorry, not Lamar. Odom. Uh, you probably might as well have Lamar. Odom, but you have Trevor Ariza. Like that guy doesn't contribute anything like the, the, go ahead. It's, it's the players. Yeah. What you just what we just said about the Nets, it's the players. What we just said about the Lakers, it's the players. Anybody want to talk about scheme? Anybody want to talk about yeah. continuity? Anybody exactly. want to talk about winning brand of basketball and how the Suns just happen to get their hands on how many basketballs a game and tips just go their way because they're the ones diving on the floor and all that? You know what I mean? No, they talk about the name. We got Kendrick Nunn. Oh, we got this guy. Oh, we got Ariza. Oh, and then we just signed uh, the center DeAndre Jordan. All that BS. It's just the same the Andre Nets. Drummond. Yeah, same Andre Drummond talk as last year. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and uh, one more thing. Uh, tonight, uh, uh, Alfred uh, Payton, uh, he's actually looking like a little mini Chris Paul. Uh, he had uh, nine assists, seven boards, no turnovers. What the fuck? So, <laughs> yeah, we're going to be good. We're going to be it's the system, dude. 0.5 offense. Get everybody involved. It's the system. Get back on defense and understand your rotations. Like when you watch the Phoenix Suns on defense, watch the rotations. They don't stick with one guy, dude. Yep. They don't. They stick to the rotations. They almost play um, not not a zone and not a man. I, I, I forget the term for it. I'm tired, you guys. Man to man but, zone. Yeah, it's it's something similar to that, but they just stick to the rotations. The guy goes over there, oh, he's got him. I'm just going to go right back over here, and they don't tire themselves out on that. And now instead of seeing Dario Saric in the middle, you're going to see JaVale McGee in the back. And that just brings 
Okay. What eight? That brings eight to ten points free lobs that we had to work for last year. That brings two to three blocks. However many rebounds. I mean, Dario for his size is actually a pretty damn good rebounder. So I won't take that away from him at all. But we do lose a little playmaking up top. But Dario was so up and down that I didn't. And you I know, Javale, think... Javale's playmaking from the from the high post is actually really good. Mm-hmm. Like he can make some crazy passes from the high post. <laughs> He can just see over everybody and throw it over everybody with those damn arms. So, Phoenix Suns, we think it's this year. Oh, my God. We think it's this year. I hope it's this year. Uh, Hold on. That that deserves this. He's on fire! Absolutely. So, we need to talk about the Arizona Cardinals next. Right? Arizona Cardinals. uh, Three seasons ago, Steve Wilkes, Josh Rosen. What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> the worst football i've seen in the desert it was since yep. i can remember i mean i watched some three and 13 teams back at sun devil stadium that showed more heart yeah. than what they did kyler murray comes in yada 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 we're five and oh uh i want to talk about the game a little bit while we're here i thought it was interesting the way we won the game i was frustrated during the game i thought kyler murray wasn't 100 percent there you yep. saw it with the pass that he missed to DeAndre Hopkins in the second yep. quarter for a potential second touchdown. Mm-hmm. Like it just didn't seem like he was a hundred percent there, but championship teams find ways to win and winning in the trenches, especially on the defensive line side of it was something we haven't done in a long time. Now if the 49ers won, I would have said their MVP was their defensive line because their defensive line was studly. We won. I'm going to give the MVP of the game to our defensive line. So we won in the trenches, even when Rodney Hudson went out. Max Garcia came in, deer in the headlights, looked like trash. A drive later, we we go all the way down the field and we score, which ended up being the game-winning drive like overall. So we had guys filling in, picking up the protections, and doing just enough in the trenches to win. I came away with the game pissed off after I've thought about it. I'm a lot happier about it with the way that we won. Amit, thoughts on that game and how we won? Yeah, so, you know, they moved the ball pretty regularly on us. Um, they didn't score a lot, but they, they were moving the ball. And that, you know, it's not a good game to really gauge the defense because the Niners really didn't have an offensive game plan. Like, it was third every third and seven, third and five, it was like, okay, Trey Lance is going to run the ball. Right. And that's just a recipe disaster for a disaster because he, I mean mm-hmm. – it's a surprise that that guy did not get hurt at the goal line. Like he's taken on two defenders trying to force his way in. Stuffed, bro. And Isaiah Simmons ends up in the tent. He should have been Same. the tent. Do you guys remember when Carson Wentz did that and his ACL got blown out? Yep, yeah. absolutely. So it's, just, so it's like you got to know your spots. Rookie quarterbacks do that sort of thing. But it's like if that's your whole offense, it's not Lamar Jackson back there. It's not Russell Wilson that can actually evade tackles and is actually, you know, like elite runner You're, or Kyler even. You, you got a guy that's – he's pretty good at running the ball. He's kind of like a Robert Griffin type of guy. You know, I mean, we, we'll have to see how their offensive develops. Shanahan protege, by the way. Exactly. So, you know, I, I wasn't impressed with the Niners' offense, and I definitely wasn't impressed with our defense against that coverage because I thought we could do better against that type of type of quarterback. Well, also with, with uh, uh, Marco Wilson and Byron Murphy being out. Also. That, I mean, you have to take that into consideration that we had those guys out. Um, so the second – and, and – and, I'll give Trey Lance some credit that he was able to buy time and, and just wait sure. for receivers to get open, which he did on probably four or five plays for first downs. Um, you know, our offense, I mean, I, here's the thing with Kyler. 
he, I think he's kind of in his bag too much right now. Like I think he's, um, he's a little bit more confident and I don't think he's so what he's doing, right. Like he, and he's gotten away with it where he'll basically do a spin move to get out of a sack. Yeah. And he tried that twice in this game. He tried it against the Rams too. And he got sacked. It worked the, the first part of the season It worked last his first two years, but you can't rely. You have to find a way to step up in the pocket. Like he's got to go watch some Tom Brady, you know, video on how to sense the pocket collapsing and just step up and make throws um, or even just step up and run. Cause even chances like there, there was a play with Trey Lance where he threw the interception to Buda Baker, where he, he, he could have run for 20 yards, man. And he threw that pick and he could have, he could have picked up first down easily. So yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I, I just, I think there's room for Kyler to grow, which is great because he's already having like an MVP season. Um, so we can't, and he didn't throw an interception. So that's good. Mm-hmm. But he did take those sacks, which is kind of like an interception. Um, One of them got us out of field goal range, too, by the way. Yep. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. So it, t- it took points off the board either way. Um, but, I, you know, I was happy with the I was happy with the game plan. And Rondell Moore, man, Rondell Moore, dude. That the guy, truth. Electric. That Jesus. catch was insane, bro. Electric. Absolutely electric. And I sat his ass in favor of A.J. Green because A.J. Green had the good game last time. So now and I'm switching it up going into next week. How nice is it that we, like, Andy Isabella doesn't even smell the field now? Who? Yeah, exactly. I'd never yeah. heard of him before. Let's forget about no him. no idea who you're talking about. Is he that. on the practice squad? Or? <laughs> he ain't even on the punt team, yeah. <laughs> on special teams. Jay, uh, before we talk about the uh, the state of the current Cardinals, what did you think of the game? Uh, so, just like you, I left the uh, game kind of mad. I was like, what the fuck was that? But after sitting with the game and watching film and the highlights and stuff, I want to give Quest uh, for the West, of course, right? Right. Y- right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, uh, I want to give uh, Alex and the in uh, the defensive line, uh, uh, the Niners defensive line credit. Uh, they uh, and who's the defensive coordinator for the Niners? Oh, it was, it was it's not Salah anymore. I, I forget the dude's name. Well, whoever it is, uh, they knew they had to step up this game if they were going to have a chance, and they did a great job. They were blowing up the line uh, just at all angles. Even with uh, Rodney Hudson, yeah. With Rodney yeah. Hudson. J- Justin Pugh, he couldn't uh, necessarily get uh, keep the guy uh, guys in front. So sh- shout-out to the Niners D-line. They did a great job, but uh, – that they put the pressure on Kyler the whole game and like, and what do you know in the second half it starts clicking, but uh, yeah, Rondell Moore, like, what can you say about him? Like he, he's insane. That catch, like it even looked like he got his, uh, his toes in, but that was a vet catch. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like the, the, like the best receivers in the league can't even do that. So yeah. Uh, great Great catch and what a throw from Kyler too. That was like a, that was like that was a hail mary type throw running yes, to yeah. that side Same of the thing. field. Yep. Yeah, like we I, also we didn't have much of a run game, but uh, like what like the Niners D line was uh, has been good relatively all season. So uh, there's that, but yeah, uh, like uh, the side of the ball that deserves MVP, you're right, is uh, the D, uh, RD line. J.J. Watt, even though he didn't get the tackles and the sacks and stuff, he was all over the field. He was beating uh, everybody. Zach Allen, he was everywhere. Yes. Chandler Jones was crashing inside the uh, pocket every time. And then Buda Baker, all over the field oh, in the back. Everywhere. Yeah, he's everywhere. So 
Jalen Thompson too. He had a great game. Jalen Thompson. Yeah. Like he's stepped up big and like, I didn't feel like, like I knew, uh, there wasn't an offensive plan. They weren't really throwing the ball like that, but still, even if Jimmy G was playing, like, I don't think the results would be any different. So. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. In fact, I was a little nervous with Trey Lance, man, when I forget when exactly it was in the game, but I think we were, maybe we were tied or it was 10, seven or something like that. No, it was 10, nothing. But there was a time in a game where I thought when we gave up a turnover or something, we were just they were just going to go and they were going to march down and score, and that was just kind of going to be it. They got a turnover on us. That's what it was. And that's when they all went to the end zone and they yeah. took the classic L picture of them all sitting there, right? But I thought during that time we were going to give up a score there and that was going to be it. Yeah. And our defense just stepped the fuck up. It was, it was really an incredible performance by them, and they won the game. But... As Cardinals fans, it left a lot to be desired. Um, at the end of the episode, I want to preview going into the Cleveland game because I have a lot of thoughts on that one as well, too. But state of the Cardinals right now, I think we are in a brighter position than we were at any time in the Carson Palmer era. And what I mean by that is there's there was an end of that tunnel, right? You knew, okay, maybe it's this year. Okay, maybe it's this year. You know, Carson Palmer was going to be gone. Bruce Arians then leaves and, you know, it just all went to shit. But now with Cliff figuring it out, I mean, Cliff is almost all but guaranteed coming back next year. Kyler's obviously going to come back next year. Kyler's going to sign whatever max deal that the Cardinals can offer him to. And Kyler Murray's going to be here for a very, very long time. He could be a 10-year vet, you know, by the time it's all said and done and maybe 12, maybe 15 years. So the Arizona Cardinals are just looking so bright right now it's weird to have the suns and cardinals on the same trajectory with not only players that wear number one that are damn near close to the same age too so the arizona cardinals how many years are we away from a championship is it this season are we just a couple players away two or three years jay what do you think oh okay so i kind of have a lengthy answer I think it's anybody's game this season. There's a lot of good teams, a lot of good talent out there. When it comes to the NFC, uh, I mean, Green Bay, uh, Bucks, uh, the Rams, like uh, those are some high caliber teams. And uh, it's going to be tricky going through those guys. But like, I, I'm not going to say this year is our year, maybe next year, but I wouldn't be surprised if we meet the Bills in the Super Bowl. So. Like, this is a really good team. Uh, we clap the Rams. If we beat the Browns tomorrow, I think um, we're looking. I think we're looking. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, yeah, Sunday. Like, I, I'm looking I'm looking forward to the NFC Championship with us in it because I, I thought this three-game stretch with the Rams, Niners, and Browns would kind of determine our season. And if we go th- uh, uh, 3-0 in them, I, like, I don't see us tanking. So those are my thoughts. Yeah. Amit, what do you think? Yeah, is it, I mean, is it this year? Is it next year? What is it? This is a possible year. I mean, it all sure. it all comes down to Kyler's health because we started the season very strong last year and we just couldn't finish because he wasn't healthy and it, it changed our game plan. And the last time I remember the last time I remember we were four and is when we beat the Patriots in Foxborough with Kevin Cobb at quarterback. When uh Patrick Peterson got this tip interception on Brady. 2012, 2011, 20, something yeah, like that. 20, 
it might have been 2012. Um, but that team, if you guys remember, was 4 0, and then we ended up with five wins the whole season. Yep. Um, so this isn't that team for sure, because this team has a legit defense with veterans and defensive players that are that can play at the next, you know, that playmaking ability, the Pro Bowl level. Um, you know, this year we there's a potential we can go to the Super Bowl, but there's a lot of there's a few teams that make, that worry me. And like, you know, against the Niners, we got three fourth and one stops, right? Are we getting three fourth and one stops against Tom Brady? Probably not. Probably not. Yeah, probably right? not. Probably not. You know, fourth and four, too. Like, I mean, and Kyle Shanahan had supreme confidence to keep going for it on fourth down. I don't know what he was thinking because <laughs> he did not try to play the field goal, field position game the way his defense was playing. Um, but anyways, so, so yeah, I mean, over the next few years, it kind of really r- rides on Kyler and Cliff. So now the fact that Cliff has bought himself time, it's probably – See, the thing is, I would have said, because I don't think Cliff is really the, the best quarterback, the best championship quarterback for us, or, or coach, I should say, head coach. Um, I think it would be better if we paired Kyler with somebody else. But now that he's bought time, it kind of like puts us in that sort of like middle area where it's like, yeah, we can be good, but it's all based on Kyler versus like scheme or versus like just better coaching. And not to say that Cliff hasn't done a good job in play calling this year, but that's not a that's not saying a lot considering he did a shitty job like the last two years right Right. so so you know i mean like if we had eric b enemy like let's say everything went wrong and then eric b enemy was a coach next year we're talking about it we're talking about three four five year run as a super bowl contender right i would agree so it's almost like we're like in the what if kind of thing like it's just like we're in this weird timeline where now we're kind of married to this coaching quarterback ngm so, and Kime has done us well this year. So, um, we're going to have, I mean, we'll have just have to see how, how injuries and how other things play out. You know, you need, you need real chemistry and, you know, I, I'm, I'm lacking the word of what I really want. I mean, you know, a collective togetherness. Uh, I think synergy is really the best word when you talk about a coach and a GM. And we have that with the Suns. And nobody can say differently. We have that with the Suns. This could be a staff that's together for 20 plus years. Yeah. How incredible would that be? We'd be so fortunate to have that. When it comes to the Cardinals, it just seems like with with uh Kime, is it this year? Is it this year? Is it this year? And it's been like that since what 2016? So for the past five years. And now it's really tied to Cliff Kingsbury. But if Cliff does good this year, next year, bombs out for another two years afterwards, you know, Kime might still have a job here. And Cliff won't. So it's a weird, what you said, this weird middle ground. I don't know if it's necessarily middle ground. I think it's middle to high tier. Like, I think we're definitely, for the next three to five years, we're we're probably at least a top 12 team, which is definitely playoffs. Sure. Mm -hmm. So we're definitely that top tier, but what do we need to get over that edge? And I agree with you. I don't know if Cliff is that guy. I don't. The way he's been calling plays has been great, but then we get games against Minnesota. We get the first half against Jacksonville. We get this game where I said it on this podcast. I was like, dude, against this defensive line, I don't know if I want to be calling all these types of plays that you're doing because the plays that he called were ones where the the routes needed time to develop yeah. and the wide receivers needed to get open. Hence the reason I felt like Kyler was rushing a few things. There yeah, weren't yeah. a lot of dink and dunks. 
There were a couple end arounds or something like that with Rondale Moore, which we all love and we want more of. But it just seemed like it took time to develop, and I felt like that wasn't the right strategy to go against this team. You know what I mean? Yeah, he had a couple slants. He had a big first down to D-hop on one against Josh Norman, and there were some nice things in there, but it was nothing was consistent. After that first drive, dude, nothing was consistent. So I thought they were going to put up 40 points after that first drive. Dude, exactly. Yeah. So he has he also has room to grow. And the good thing is we've seen development from Cliff Kingsbury, right? We yeah. saw it from year one to the start of year two, and then he flamed out. Okay, so now he's starting again, and now he's 5-0. and Okay, so we've gotten the start of the year figured out. How does Cliff take it to where other teams start adjusting against him? How do you adjust against to the adjustment? That's a huge thing in coaching, you guys. Like anybody that doesn't know, that is a huge thing that we talk about during timeouts. Okay, now they're doing this. Now they're doing that. That was one of the things that made me so successful. As I could see it, boom, call a timeout, bring him in, do ABC, go out, dude, we win the game, even if we have six guys on the team. You have to adjust to the adjustment. I don't know if Cliff is to that level yet, and we're definitely going to find out. But I would say, you know, the trajectory is on the same path as the Suns. I'm not as confident. You know, we're talking about a top three team in the West for however many years we want to with the Suns for the foreseeable future, right? With the Cardinals, you could see some slippage. I think we all could kind of agree to that to a point. Like, we're not just gaining traction every single year. Like, we can see, you know, a downward spiral because it happened last year. So until Cliff proves us otherwise, we're just going to wait and see. But fuck you guys it's enjoyable right now yep. we're five and oh first time since 74 70 something like that <laughs> kyler's electric ele- electric we have four wide outs that can do anything anytime anywhere with the best of them we have a defensive line that won us a game against one of the more physical offensive lines and a running quarterback which we've always struggled against we've done very good against the run this year to a point derrick henry elijah mitchell didn't really go off i'm i'm more confident against the run and we were missing a couple dbs so like at the end of the day wins a win and it's hard to get a win in the nfl so i could see it this year being the year crazy things happen you put a guy like kyler murray on the big show like who knows he could throw for 400 yards and five touchdowns but i think we would be remiss to say that we're at a lock this year and I think we're still two to three years out, unfortunately. And that makes me sad. But we don't have Steve Wilkes as a coach, so I call that a win. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, um, Kyler is so young that we don't even know what his prime is going to look like. That's true. Because, like, I mean, you you, I mean, you guys can appreciate when you watch Aaron Rodgers and he makes these throws and you're just like, oh, my God, man. Like, how is it even – how do you fit that in? Like, how do you see that angle – how can your arm do that? And Kyler has been showing signs where he's making some throws like that. And that's why I'm saying like, he's kind of have to, he needs, he's a little bit too much in his bag where he needs to just kind of like focus on some of the basics, but he, he can have that ability. I, there's nothing in me that tells me that he can't be like that good. Absolutely. He's throwing 75%. His completion rate is 75%. 1500 yards through five weeks and that's like the first time since brady and was it aaron Rodgers? i forget who it was it, it, it was a uh, man manning is it manning yeah manning, brady yeah. and brady and peyton elite company i yeah. mean how much better can he get 
That's a that's a question for another podcast. That's yeah. a whole that's a whole segment for Christ's sake. But how much better can he get? You know, how much better can our left tackle get? That's still pretty young. You know, how much better can Chase Edmonds get? How much better can our whole defense? Can Buda Baker, Isaiah Simmons, Zayvon Collins, Marco Wilson, Byron Murphy, Jalen Thompson, Zach Allen? How much better can these guys get year after year? And let's not forget, I called out. And I talked a lot of shit on Vance Joseph. Vance Joseph is proving his worth this yep. year, in my opinion. Jay, would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Like, just take that Niners game, for example. Like, we held that Niners team to 10. Yeah, Trey Lance is the QB, but holding any team at 10 is pretty impressive, in my opinion. Agreed. And, like, Trey Lance was always on the run. I, even if he wanted to throw it, like, he couldn't just stay in the pocket. So, like yeah uh, we knocked just, him off his spot for sure yeah so yeah uh, shout out to vance joseph and like this cleveland game coming up is definitely going to prove his worth so yeah he's made he's made some really good second half adjustments where yeah, if you go and look at how many points mm-hmm. other teams have scored scored on us in the second half and it's like single digits for every single game yeah um versus the first half where they probably scored a lot more so he's actually done a lot in the second half to 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 adjust I don't know if that's Cliff or him. I'm sure it's just him, though, because I don't know how much Cliff is looking at the defense. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, yeah, he's definitely he's definitely proven his worth. I completely agree, and it's, it's it's crazy how far we've come. The one thing I would really, really, really love to see Cliff as an actual offensive coordinator, though. I really would like to see that. That's just me. But this is the dynamic we have. This is what we're dealing with, and they're both growing. How much better can they be? I want to get to some Diamondback stuff. We got to talk about the Merck winning tonight. I want to talk some Arizona State Sun Devils, but you know what? It's that time. Word from us, our sponsor. Stand by. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's easy. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. You can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor.fm, go get started today. So let's touch on something that you guys don't really know much about and honestly i don't either but you know i still follow it to a point i still follow the scores i still want to know what's going on i want them to do good when they went to the western conference finals in 20 spring of 12 i think it was is what it was you know i was watching that whole playoff run and i remember the team back in the day just being an insane place to go see a playoff hockey game with that whiteout. the the arizona phoenix scottsdale coyotes whatever they're called now that don't even have an owner um have been bad for 20 years ever since they moved out to that stupid ass arena that they should have never done Gila river just a horrible mistake they should have gone to los arcos they should have figured something out to stay closer then they get into the wayne gretzky scandal rick tockett came and and didn't hasn't done a lot uh they changed logos they just did absolutely everything wrong Bringing back the Kachina logo just to start with was a win. That 
automatically brings back a fan base and it just makes it feel like it's ours again. Okay. And then the NHL going back to ESPN and making it accessible, I think is a big win for the league. Cause dude, how many people go and watch NBC sports network just randomly, like compared to ESPN, there's, it's no question. ESPN is more, I'm not the biggest hockey guy. I love playing NHL live hockey games are one of the better sports games in my opinion, along with soccer. Cause it's just, it's just nonstop back and forth, back and forth. And I mean, I like hockey. I enjoy it. I have fun with it. I love USA hockey. I love the Olympic hockey and the open ice. Holy shit. That's mm-hmm. fun. So when you talk about the Arizona coyotes, it's not like I have a diehard passion. I don't have, any jerseys i mean i had one when i was younger you guys don't watch it as as much either if they were good it might be a little bit different but they're not and they haven't been for a very 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 long time and they're probably projected to be one of the lower teams this year but something just tells me that i just get a feeling they're going to be a little bit better and things are going to start uptaking for them i don't know that for sure obviously because i don't watch and all that fun stuff yet but i just get that and the vibe that i'm getting from Twitter posts, articles that I'm re- reading also tells me the same. Uh, I'm going to leave the floor open to you guys. Talk uh, Coyotes just real quick. Any any comments? <laughs> I, you know, it's funny because, like, I'm I'm not that big of a hockey fan. I remember, like, Jeremy Roenick and Shane Doan. Absolutely. Those guys way back in the day. I remember Roenick. Keith Kachuk. Roenick, yep. Keith Kachuk. I remember those guys were just ballers. Like, Roenick. He yeah. would give an interview with his, his fucking – jaw was wired shut and he's like i'm just trying to play in the playoffs like it's just like mm-hmm. it's just like i remember that shit and that's the cool part about dallas hockey. drake and talk it yep. and talk it tepo newmanin newmanin that's the guy i was thinking of um hobby bullen bullen but the best part is you know about hockey is seeing it mm-hmm. live like that's the best part about hockey oh for sure going to a game live i remember going to the roadrunners games when i was a kid if you guys remember the roadrunners of the absolutely eight. yeah I used to go to those games as a kid and it was just it's just so fun to see hockey live. I just I I'm not a fan because I just like it's all when I was young, it was like Patrick Waugh and the Avalanche and the Red Wings. Eiserman and, and, and Fedorov. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Uh yeah. what what was the uh the dope goalie's name? Uh Hashik, Dominic Hashik. Hashik, yeah. But I'll give you I'll give you my best memory from that stadium though. Cause I did go there, I think I want to say it was two thousand six or seven. It was a Depeche Mode concert. <laughs> Had awesome seats. We bust in, so we didn't have to uh, drive back. It was freaking awesome. That's the best. <laughs> See, memory and, and that's and that's part of the problem. That's the problem that that is your your memory from that. That it wasn't at a Coyotes game. That it wasn't at a whiteout game or any of that. They got away from what made them the Coyotes and what made them special. And they're not even owned by anybody right now. They're owned by the fucking NHL. Like, it's just yeah. been a joke of a franchise, and it's hard to support a franchise like that. And that's the problem. I mean, just to answer the question that I posted to everybody, I mean, shit, you're looking at five to ten years until they're even championship worthy. But, I mean, you got to start somewhere. Jay, are, are you a fan of hockey at all? Do you watch? or? Uh, I respect the sport. Uh, when the when the NHL finals are going, I'll, I'll tune in for a game or two. Uh, I mean, it's a very physical sport. Uh, it's just not my – cup of tea really uh there isn't really much of a scheme or anything like that that i can see i'm not a hockey guy but uh yeah with the coyotes as long as i've been alive that like they haven't been anything really as far as i know uh it's always been like the penguins the blackhawks 
Um, yeah. The but, Ducks a little bit here. Yeah, there. the Ducks. And, like, the Seattle Kraken, That like, again, be- uh, beautiful, uh, beautiful team name. I love the color. Like, yeah. Like yeah, it's a good-looking team. Even if they're yeah. ass, like, it, it's – yeah. But I mean, you look at the 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 Vegas Golden Knights. Like, yeah, come on, man. You you get a team that comes in, and within however many years they're going they to the, the Stanley Cup Finals, and they're one of America's darlings. Like, it's just it shines a really bad light to the Coyotes, to having arguably the best jersey ever, arguably yeah. one of the better logos in sports too. And then you just take it away, do something stupid with it, much like the Diamondbacks did, which we'll get into them too. And then all the scandal stuff, all the cheating, all the stuff going to court, and just it's been a black eye almost on the community. It definitely has been for the city of Glendale. It's been a black eye. It's been frustrating for them. So they're six to 10 years away. A lot of us don't watch hockey. If they were good again, I mean, I'll watch it 100%. Amit, you would probably watch too, considering the memories that you just told me are similar and resonate to what I went through. So, dude, if we had a superstar player that I could like be like, okay, that's like book, right? Like a book or a Kyler guy, that a young dude that's just coming up, that's just balling. I'd yeah. I'd watch every game, or at least right. watch the highlights. Yeah, you. I I still pay attention to the scores. I'll check ESPN. You know, oh cool, they're winning. Oh cool, they're losing. You know, whatever it may be, but I don't go out of my way to to watch it. And that's the sad part. I did watch it when it was in the bubble. I watched it then when they lost to the Predators because there was, you know, there was nothing else going on in the world at that time. So I definitely watched then. Didn't have the fans there, so it definitely wasn't as exciting. But I like hockey. I love the sport. I love the game. I used to play it when I was a kid, definitely in Arizona, you know, get on those rollerblades and head out to the, you know, park or wherever you go. So it's a shame what they've done. It's a damn shame. I think they're the low tier team. Definitely, like on the totem pole, even lower than the Mercury at this point. They're the low, low, low team, maybe lower than the Rattlers. And it's a shame of what the franchise became, considering what they would sell out like every damn game when they first came here, dude. Yeah. And they were going to the playoffs every year and losing in the first round every year. But yeah. that whiteout was special. And it's here. That magic is here. It's still here. They just need to turn that shit around and take it seriously. Arizona Diamondbacks. Fuck, man. <laughs> <laughs> Just, I I don't get it with this sport, with this team either, and this franchise. Ken Kendrick is an absolute fucking cancer to this team. Uh, they decide to bring back their manager, Tori Lovello, after he's done nothing over the past two or three years. They stick with Nick Ahmed at shortstop, a dude that can't hit over 265 to save his damn life. Granted, yeah, he's great at fielding the ball, but... That's not winning us games anymore, is it? And we go through superstars like it's nothing, like a Justin Upton and then a Paul Goldschmidt. Now we've got Cattell Marte, who looks like he could be the truth. And we surround him with old pitchers. Like, I made a vow I wasn't going to watch the Diamondbacks until they signed an ace. They signed Zach Granke, an old dude that's not an ace anymore. Okay, fuck. Okay, you're trying. Okay, I'll do that. Okay, you get rid of him. And then who are you going to bring in? Mad Bum? A dude that's old and washed. Remember Russ grew, Ortiz? Russ Ortiz. That's, oh God, Jesus. Like their bullpen has been trash. Their logo is trash. Their uniforms are trash, except for the the serpentine logo and the hat. I don't know if you guys saw those. 
those are sick. Uh, cream colored ones. Yeah, those are absolutely. I love sick, this. But, you know, they're like a special. I love this one. I did like that one too, and I I like the one with the teal on it. But like again, come on, man, is it? Come on, how yeah. hard is it to go back to this? Yep. Like stupid decisions that actually do push fans away. When those games come on and they're wearing these jerseys, everybody gets a little more pepped up. Can't yeah. can't they see that? You know. So we trade away Paul Goldschmidt. We get Starling Marte last year, and then we end up being trash and trade his ass away, and he has a great year this year. Injuries hit us real bad at one point this year, and we're just okay with rolling Tori Lavello out. I that's just kind of my mishmash of BS that the D-backs have done. I'll, I want to open the floor to either one of you guys and give some Diamondback thoughts. You can go ahead, Ahmed. Yeah. So um, don't everybody talk at once. Yeah, because I, I really, I really don't have anything good to say about the Diamondbacks. Everything I have about the Diamondbacks is a memory. Um, that hat that I'm showing you is from 2017 playoffs. So like JD Mar- JD Martinez here. JD Martinez, Paul Goldschmidt. Why did we trade him? The thing is, this and this is something I don't understand with baseball is when you have a player that is the best player at a position in his prime, why do you trade him for prospects? What are you getting back that's better? Because your team already sucks. Like you're just getting worse. You know what I mean? And 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 I, I can't watch baseball and see Zach Wheeler. Trevor Bauer, Max Scherzer. I can go on a list of freaking pitchers. And prospect, pitchers and prospects in general, prospects yes. That we just trade away because we don't want to pay them. And then we get to a point with the guys that we have, and then we don't pay them. So the the the, the Tampa, Tampa Bay Rays have figured some way out to just constantly just kind of like rebuild it, or the Marlins, like all those teams, they constantly find a way to like rebuild a team and win even if they don't want to pay anybody and we haven't figured that out, figured that how to do that yet. So yep. I think that's the cal- caliber of team we have is that we're just going to be some fucking poverty franchise that figures it out every four or five years because we have all these prospects, but we don't because we always trade them. Right. And we don't know how to develop other, other players. So I have nothing good to say about this team. They, they should just fucking move away. I'm, I'm like, I honestly, because I'm like, like they want a new stadium. Are you are you serious? Like, like you want what the hell stadium? have what the hell have they done recently that deserves yeah. that? Like absolutely where, nothing. Where are you where is that gonna be? I mean, can we talk about the, the 2017 run and Archie Bradley's fucking triple? Right. And we trade him. We trade I mean, him. granted, granted, he turned around and sucked. I mean, there's something there's something about having diamondback players here and then they leave and they have success. And I can picture his face. I know the jersey number, our third baseman that th- this year that went to Milwaukee and then just blew up with Milwaukee. He was just this year, if anybody in the chat knows. I remember. I don't I, I'm, I'm having a hard time remembering. But dudes just leave, and they go on, and they have fucking success. And it's so frustrating to watch, which leads me to believe that our coaching staff sure as hell can't develop at all. But it's okay. He's coming back next year, and next year is going to be different, right? No, what the fuck are you talking about? It's so frustrating. Jay, your turn. Spew your Diamondbacksness. Uh, so I remember the 2017 run. Uh, it, like it, it was a pretty good season. I I watched a lot more baseball than I usually did at that time. I'm not particularly a baseball guy, and, and if I was really going to root for a team, uh, it would be Indians. I always kind of grew up as a Cleveland Indians guy. Rejected. 
<laughs> uh, but it's the Guardians now. But uh, <laughs> but um, like yeah, like and, uh, the baseball games I've been to recently, like there's something off in there. Like no one is like enthusiastic. Yeah, like everybody has a Goldschmidt jer- uh, shirt or jersey on, and and then uh, Randy Johnson, like like it's like those are the only two we can really like rep and got gonzo or yeah you can't rep kurt schilling anymore that's for sure i mean i still see a couple of tony womack and steve finley jerseys whenever i gone to a game back in the those day. are deep yeah. dives if you can find like a reggie jackson jersey or like a like a durazo you can find a durazo jersey oh i'd love an Arubio durazo jersey <laughs> i actually have a signed uh junior spivey second base nice. card that has part of his uh jersey on and i was a big junior spivey fan back in the day but you're talking about a team that had eight fucking players go to the all-star game and yeah. damian miller was the mvp and yeah. and like here we are now like sorry jay i'm pissed oh, keep going that's oh, no, all good it, it's just like yeah when they changed the logo i'm like why like like that uh that turquoise a on you is amazing i love that logo uh, and them changing the color schemes around. I mean, I like the uh, the uh, the serpent uh, beige ones that uh, released, but it's just everything that's off with the Diamondbacks organization. Like the fact that I hear more about how the Coyotes are doing than a Diamondbacks says a lot. And I live locally, so uh, it, it like it, it's just hard, you know. Like yeah, I like the Padres and the Seattle Mariners and like Pittsburgh, like they. Have Tampa, like, Tampa, as I'm yeah, Tampa, yeah, like they have like this like two uh, two the three year stretch that they're like a really good team, and then they go uh, kind of like unnoticed for like one to two years, and they're back, and it's like the Diamondbacks haven't done anything since 2017, and like I don't see it progressing anytime soon if they don't just totally rebuild from the top down, so. Like I, I I don't know personally, but it's frustrating. It really is because I have so so much Diamondback shit, and <laughs> and I just don't wear it because it's like it's it, embarrassing. It's, it's hard to yeah. I like changing to the Diamondback D, which is like a cool secondary logo, but making that like your primary logo is like awful. Ken Kendrick, the the. I think he's like the ma- the majority owner and managing partner or something like that for the D-backs and also donated a bunch to QAnon, which, you know, says a lot about him. He's just been an absolute cancer for, to this organization for I don't know how long he's been outspoken about certain things, yet signs Tori Lovello to additional years. And, and we go through this after next year, 2023 season. Yeah, we'll sign a new coach. And we'll do really good for the first year. And then we'll tank again. Just like we always do. We always do good the first year. First year with Hale did really good, right? First year with Lavello did really good, 2017. And now look, it they just cannot develop players, especially when they get to the major league level. They're going to deal away Cattell Marte. They're going to deal away Mad Bum for some trash prospects that are going to come in return that'll eventually get dealt away and it's like you say that there's no energy in the building that's because there's no energy in the front office dude there's no energy to try to get better year over year 
be aggressive. No, we're going to sell players. The second we get a couple good players, they want to sell them off. So yeah. it's, dude, fuck that team. It's yeah. so frustrating because I, I love watching a baseball game in the spring on a Sunday, dude. I'll, I'll sit there for three and a half hours and have three or four, five, six or seven beers and, and watch it. I love the strategy of it. I love the chess moves. I love bringing a lefty versus a righty or why you would do that or lefty versus lefty or why you're going to walk somebody. I love the chess moves of it. I love baseball video games too. I mean, I'm just a sports junkie. I stayed up to watch the damn, Oh, what's the, on the ice when you, when you roll it oh, out there. And I, I don't know what it's called, but curling, really curling, curling. Yeah. I stayed up to watch the curling gold medal game back in the 2018 or 19 winter Olympics, whenever that was. So I'm a sports junkie. I watched a whole lot of Olympics and Olympic volleyball was a lot of fun. So I'll like, I'll watch everything, but watching this team, watching this manager, dude, I don't want anything a part of it. And, and they're ass right now. They're just ass and they need to go away. Uh, I want to talk about Arizona State just real quick. Arizona State basketball is really at a I don't, I don't know. They're, they're at a turnpike here where they can get off on one exit and go one way or they can get off at another exit and fire Bobby Hurley after this year or he's going to walk. He has had amazing recruiting classes. He has had amazing talent. We've gone, if it wasn't for the COVID shutdown year, we would have gone three straight years to the tournament, which is something, you know, none of his other predecessors ever did. But, you know, he hasn't gotten farther than some of them. He has gotten to the championship game of the Pac-12 tournament, which is something Herb Sendek never did. And last year was just a letdown. Josh Christopher coming in, Marcus Bagley. You had all these dudes. It was just lined up for this perfect season, and it just fucking exploded. And it was awful. And they just, and he talked about needing to recruit better and needing to recruit guys that, you know, just want to go after it and get better. And they have three returning players this year, all good players. I love them all. Kamani Lawrence and Jalen Green and them. Jalen Graham, excuse me. And then he brings in these dudes, Marion Jackson, Jay Heath from Boston College. And he talks about how this group is so tight knit and that we really could see something special out of this group. So, Recruiting was never bad. Roster construction was always my thing with Bobby Hurley. And if he can figure it out this year, I can see Arizona State basketball going a long way for longer with Bobby Hurley because I think he's going to outlast Ray Anderson, the athletic director. Arizona State football, if it's not this year, it's not going to be for the next four to five years. Jay, you've been doing a lot of the postgame stuff with me, so I appreciate you with Arizona State football. You've kind of heard a lot about this too, how – this team ain't going to be back next year. A lot of players are probably going to transfer. A lot of the coaches are going to be let go or they will resign or whatever it happens to be because of all the recruiting scandals and alleged stuff that kind of went on. What are you seeing of Arizona state this year? Cause this is the make or break year. We're not going to talk about next year or the year after, like what have you seen from ASU football this year? Cause there's a big game against Utah where my wife went to school. And so we're going to have a, interesting interesting saturday night party but what have you seen from them so far uh uh, so, uh arizona state football uh this year has been uh sort of the best in the pac-12 uh relatively speaking uh every other team in the pac-12 is very up and down uh ucla started off good but then they lost to fresno state fresno state's been kind of the Achilles heel for a lot of teams on this side of the country uh, so, uh, True. like, like Oregon, uh, they Oregon. just lost. 
uh, and uh, like it, I, I'll definitely say uh, ASU will probably win uh, the uh, the Pac-12, but uh, to get to a bowl game and go against some of the high-caliber teams that are around, you know, it's going to be tricky. Uh, I agree. Like I like I like Herm as a person and stuff. I this is the first time I've seen him coaching, so I, I don't really have much of a sample size uh, when it comes to his overall game planning and stuff. But as far as I've seen, I think. He has the capability of coaching and stuff, but yeah, with the cheating stuff and the, the legal recruiting, you know, like that isn't going to get you far. Yeah, like Alabama and Auburn get away with it like every year, but no one's going to say anything mm-hmm. about that. So, uh, it's just, yeah, it's just different, man. Yeah, so everything that I've seen from a- uh, ASU so far, uh, uh, ASU football in that uh, in that matter has been uh, relatively good. They should be uh, BYU. I don't know why they didn't. But, uh, I mean, I know why, but they should have beat be, uh, BYU. But this Utah game is a very, 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 very uh, uh, big game. Uh, because uh, after this uh, after this game, uh, the last time I remember, uh, it's sort it, like the competition level kind of goes down a little bit. Exactly. So, so like, what's, uh, I'm hoping that uh, they can pull out a win on Saturday. Uh, but uh, as far as ASU basketball, uh, I was – uh, gonna tune in because I went to high school with uh, Jalen House, uh, Eddie House's kid, and mm-hmm. and so he uh, he committed to ASU, and I was like, all right, I'll watch a little bit of him. Then COVID happened, and so he ended up transferring. I don't know where he went, but he went to uh, he went to New Mexico, like of all places. So yeah, yeah, he went to like. New Mexico I, I loved him too. He should have played more. He was one of those dudes that Bobby Hurley was talking about, but he was like, no, nah, fuck this. I've had enough of this team. I'm out. Yeah. So, like. Uh, uh, good luck to him if he ever sees this. Uh, but uh, like, I'm gonna be tuning in watching ASU basketball. Uh, I'm always boy. <laughs> yeah, Atta so I'll boy. be here. I'll be here with you watching. Uh, just because I like, I'm curious. You know, I would always um, before watching ASU basketball, I always just watch the big schools like Gonzaga and uh, UConn and Duke. Like, I'll, I'll just watch those teams because, like, you know, uh, U, U of A basketball is up and down. Uh, ASU hasn't really made the tournament as far as I know in the last couple of years. So, uh, uh, yeah, I, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be tuning in and hopefully, I, uh, you hype them up. Uh, I'm curious. To- I, I'm curious this year. How do you bring in like almost a brand new team and how do you get them to play right away and play the right way, which they say he's saying all the right things that they're doing. I'm just, it's, it's curious. It's an interesting storyline something to to really look forward to at the end of November here when football is winding down. Arizona State football, you're right on. I'm a big Arizona State baseball supporter. We brought in a new coach. You're going to know him, Amit. His name is Willie Bloomquist. We brought oh, in really? – yeah, yeah. They brought in a new coach. They fired Tracy Smith, who was always good at recruiting, not so much good at anything else. So we brought in uh, a former Arizona State player. It is MLBU. Most players to have – ever been drafted into the major league has come from Arizona state baseball. Reggie Jackson went there. Really? Barry bonds went there. We can go down a huge list. It is MLBU. So wow. big supporter of them. They've just, you know, uh, when was it a couple years ago, they went like 23 and zero to start a season. They just blew up and didn't even make it out of the super regionals and over to Omaha. Like he was just an absolute, awful coach he was so willie bloomquist is in you love it when a former former sun devil comes back and he's the takes the reins former d-back as well too we all have fond memories of willie when he played for us and he was that 
utility dude that could play right field, second base, you know, first base, even if he needed to, third base, pinch it, whatever you needed. So I'm really hoping ASU baseball turns it around. Um, uh, did I did I miss anything? Or did, did I hit everything? Are we good there? Can we talk about some Browns and Cardinals? Let's do it. Yeah, let's uh, do it. Amit, Browns and Cardinals. Uh, is this the week we take our first L? I think it is. Um, I think we've we've had some luck going in this far into the season. Um, I think we're dealing with the 10 a.m. game. We're also dealing with a running game, which is not like what we've seen. Nick Chubb is a different animal than what we've seen. Number, even though number we've one seen, rushing attack. Yeah. Even though we've seen Derrick Henry, but it was it was different because we were able to neutralize everything else with man to man. Um I yeah, I, I feel like we're gonna take an L here. But I'm not going to – I'm not – I'm okay with that because at some point we have to lose. Like if we won this game, then I had – we'll have a whole other conversation because then I'm saying that, you know, Chandler Jones or J.J. Watt, if he plays Chandler Jones, um, is stepping up and having a, a monster game. Um, or, you know, we're, there's a turnover tur- – we have multiple turnovers that we, we get, something in that nature where we win the game. But at this point, I think the spread was like – uh, minus or plus three for us. So that's uh, yeah. considering. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know what the weather's going to be like um, right now in Cleveland, oh. but, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I just, I feel like, you know, we're due, like we're due for a loss. Jay. Uh, so uh, I'm kind of torn here. Uh, uh, a lot, a lot of you not know, but uh, my family is like Cardinals and Browns. So Browns have a special place in my heart. So when uh, when they finally got Baker, I knew the franchise was going to turn around. Rejected, <laughs> man. I'm just getting rejected tonight. I know, <laughs> but I, I'm a big Ma- uh, Baker Mayfield guy. Uh, he gets blamed for a lot of stuff that is kind of out of his control. Uh, but when it comes to uh, this game. Uh, it's tricky. This can go in a lot of different ways. Uh, we have a lot of injuries going on right now. Like the Ronnie yeah. Hudson thing is a big loss. Uh, most likely Ch- Chandler Joseph isn't going to play because I saw before we got on that he was having COVID symptoms yes, today. Correct. So he's not, he, so he's not going to be playing Sunday. And then, uh, and then Max Williams, a big ass loss. So that sucked. That it sucks. Go back. Yeah. We need so, to bring so, back Larry Fitzgerald to play tight end. I want that. I want that, but we need like, Fitz to cut in. Ann Arnold. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Ann Arnold. Well, is he available? Well, he's already been traded once. I think he's signed with somebody. He signed with Carolina <laughs> yeah, and he I mean, got guess, traded. Yeah. If he's not so, on the practice squad. Yeah, exactly. But uh yeah, this game is a a, a little tricky because uh the uh, Cleveland's losses this year uh kind of were the defense's fault. So I think that's where uh, we can really shine. I think this game is going to be a shootout. Uh, 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 Miles Garrett, uh, he hit, uh, like he's having a pretty decent year, but he's uh, like you know he disappears for two three quarters, and like so it's I, Kyler has the legs. The their D line isn't the quickest. Uh, their uh, their backfield isn't necessarily the best. So uh, that's the reason why uh, Cleveland lost to the Chargers, lost to the Chiefs. So, uh, like, it's definitely going to be a shootout, hopefully. Uh, but, like, I see the uh, – I can see the Cardinals winning, but I think we are due for a loss. The, this Browns team is very good. Uh, they're 
uh, Nick Chubbs and Kareem Hunt, those two together are, are insane. Their O-line is great. Baker Mayfield, great on the run and better in the pocket. So, like, if we win this game, there like there'll be a lot to talk about, but I think this might be a loss this weekend. But, like, let's see. I have a lot of faith in Kyler. I haven't had any issues with Cliff as of late. Uh, Vance Joseph's uh, uh, game plan when it comes to doing these teams yeah. have been nothing but adjustments. So uh, we can we can definitely catch them lacking, and uh, I think Cleveland thinks that they can beat us. So maybe uh, uh, they're definitely mad from that Chargers game for sure. Uh, they should have won yeah. that, in my opinion. That but that was an incredible game, by the way. It was a great game. Like the refs uh, fucked up a really good game. Oh, like on both sides. I'm not waters just backing. Wet. Yeah, yeah, waters wet. So. Uh, this is going to be a great game. Uh, I hope uh, this gets some a good viewership because the uh, it's going to be a scrappy one. So I'm really looking forward uh, to Sunday watching this game. But I have Cardinals winning 24-14. Hey, <laughs> someone's got to be positive here. I like it. You know, you did make a good point. Uh, I'm not going to count out Vance Joseph and his defensive scheme. He proved me wrong against the Rams. He proved me wrong against the Titans that first game of the year. Why not? Why not? I could see it. I also, I'm a little afraid to go 6-0, you guys. I'm a little afraid to go 7-0, 8-0. And then what if we get to 11 or 12-0 like the Steelers did? And then you flop and then you're you're trying to recover at the end of the season. I There's something to be said for having a loss at the beginning of the season too to be able to figure out how to react to it and kind of move forward. There's also something said for going 17 and 0 and going to the playoffs as well. So it just depends on what what side of the coin you're on. The injuries are starting to pile up. It's going to be Dennis Gardeck season rushing instead of Chandler Jones, which I am all about. And our, our uh, pass rush didn't seem to be an issue last year when Chandler Jones was out granted we had what's the dude's name that went over to Carolina. That's having a great season right now that we got rid of that uh, linebacker out of temple. Right. Reddick? So he had, a Reddick. what's that? Reddick. Reddick. Thank Reddick, you. Yeah. So, but it seemed as if we were able to dial things up and the pass rush, I'm not so worried about. We still got dudes back there. We still got Marcus Golden. We got Gardeck. JJ Watt's going to do his thing. And then you can throw in Devon Kennard as well too. Right. Yeah, no, I think, I mean, we'll, we'll have to see, like, uh, we're going to have to see this game. I think we're going to learn a lot about our depth in this game with the secondary and with yeah. some of the other players on defense. Um, offense, I mean, honestly, if, we, if Kyler Murray leaves healthy this game, I'm happy with that because he, he looked like he got hurt in the last Look game. Back. Yeah. And yeah. I just want him to stay healthy. Yeah. I, I like, completely agree. We also don't know the status of Marco Wilson or Byron Murphy either, by the way. Yeah. Uh, like, if you want to uh, look at both teams on paper, the Cardinals have a better defense, everything from the D-line to the uh, to the backfield. And then when it comes to offensively, like, Odell isn't getting the targets. Right. Uh, and, like, Baker is just, uh, you know, like, kind of caring right now so we can really exploit their offense pretty quickly so hopefully Vance has a good game plan for that because it's uh it's kind of hard to keep baker uh having less than uh 
like three touchdowns a game. So uh, this can kind of go either way. But uh, I think uh, I think personally uh, we should have a loss early in the season because I don't want to have that that 2015 Carolina, Carolina Panthers run. We we just sweep at uh, they sweep everybody, and by the time they get to the Super Bowl, it's a crapshoot. Like like they're I don't tired. Know. They're tired. Like, I don't want Kyler Murray just like pounding the ground and shit like Newton was. So, like, like if, if we're going to have a loss, let it be the Cleveland game. Uh, let's sure. just get all. We, yeah, let's just. We got the Texans the next week after that. Yeah, exactly. And then I, I think we have a bye week uh, three weeks from now. So, no, it's like four or five. It's at the end of November. So, after, oh, this, really? think, after that, I think we got the Thursday game against the Packers. Okay. Yeah. So, but I mean, it, one, one week at a time, win this week, you know, you, you're talking about going against the Texans and being 7-0, and and then it's really, really a special season. But I'm predicting a loss as well, too. I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. How they play and how it how it happens will be a completely different story, right? Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, so we're, we're going to be back with you Saturday night after the – Arizona State Sun Devils at the Utah Utes game. I'm yes, definitely, definitely going to be quite a bit tipsy. So please, so please join us for <laughs> a lot of fun on uh, Saturday night after the football game. Because I am having, oh, I, I want to tell you guys this. I am doing some different stuff on the Traeger for the game. So as I said, my wife goes to U- has went to Utah. I'm an Arizona State fan. We're going to invite over just a few small friends, like three friends, so like the five of us. We're going to have the outdoor fire pit going. We're going to bring the TV outside. I'm doing some bacon wrap stuffed with uh, like imitation crab meat and something else, shrimp. And I'm going to put that on the Traeger. I'm going to do some Korean barbecue uh, spare ribs. I've never done them before. Um, Chin Lee, if you're watching Arizona State Fan on Twitter, I appreciate you. And I appreciate you getting to me this recipe. So I can't wait to try that. And I'm going to buy some new whiskey, try out a new recipe on the smoker with some smoked fruit to to put in it. So it's going to be a good time. So join us Saturday night. I'm going to be tipsy. Hopefully Jay here will have an adult beverage or two with me. And we're going to talk about a win. I promise from the bottom of my heart, pinkies crossed, feet crossed, you know, whatever. We will be with you Sunday night, 830 Valley time. I promise you we will be there. We're going to talk about the Cleveland game. We're going to go into the Texans game next week. So if we again, if we lose this week, we got the Texans waiting for us on the other side. Great opportunity to go six and one. We have a control over the NFC West. Catch me on NFC West, the quest for the West with 49ers cutback. I think that premiered today or tomorrow. A uh, really good episode with Alex. We always enjoy having him on as well, too. So thank you, Alex. And then next Wednesday, we'll be back as well, too. Amit, you're looking nice and clear, and we can see you now. You're not all pixelated. Yeah. Leave us with some wise words, please. Well, I just want to give props to Alex because last week he said the Niners were, were going to win 17 to 13. I think that's what his prediction was. Oh, he did. And the score was 17 to 10. So he knew his defense was going to step up. They did. He, in fact, I think he went into detail how the defensive line was going to shut us down. So I'm going to give him props, and I'm just going to leave it there. Yeah. He knows what he's talking about. Smart guy. So go follow him in 49ers cutback. We're a Cardinals podcast telling you to go follow 49ers. You're not going to do that, but you should at least follow him on Twitter. <laughs> smart dude. Smart dude. Jay, words of wisdom, please. Uh, 
let's uh, pray for Sunday because, uh, like, if we lose, like, let this be the game. We have uh, we're injury riddled. Uh, uh, we're kind of due for a loss. Yeah, like Amos said, we've had some luck, but uh, let's just hope for the best and let's see what Kyler can do, uh, and let's see what this t- overall team could do being uh, as injured as they are. Suns, you know, they're blowing out people in the preseason. Pretty pump good sign. Yep, pump the yeah, yeah, it was pump the brakes, but you know, beating uh, a bench by 40 and having your bench out there majority of the night, cool. But uh, like everything's looking good uh, uh, with our main sports that we cover. So uh, I will be here Saturday watching uh, the ASU Utah game. I'm actually pretty excited for this game. Uh, so I can't wait to watch that. Uh, I don't know what uniforms that, uh, that they're rocking, but. We'll find out tomorrow. Utah's yeah, looking good and and what they're wearing. They have a really cool white helmet, black uh, black jersey, white pants, and white uh, black sock combo. So they're going to look fresh. Hopefully mm-hmm. we do as well, too. Everybody, thank you again for tuning in. Thank you for coming in, supporting. Please share, like, all that fun stuff. Comment on us as well, too. It really helps out with the algorithms. Hop on over to Anchor and donate to the podcast if you feel obliged to and hit up Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts on that platform. We really appreciate everybody. I'm not going to leave with the intro music. We are just going to peace out. And my little word of wisdom is forgiveness is divine. Gabe and I from the Valley Podcast has officially squashed everything. We were not going to work together. We're not going to do any guest appearances or nothing like that, but it is squashed. And I think you can tell by in the chat all of a sudden randomly that is gone as well to the trolling. So go figure if we can get over it, whoever that is, whoever that was, you can get over it as well too. forgiveness is divine. Do the right thing. Be good people. And we'll see y'all later. Go devils, go cards, go sons, go Merc and fuck the oats and fuck the D backs. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. All right. Later guys. Thank you. Peace. Peace. Peace God.